Hi, this is Carol Kaplan, your host of My Life with David Cassidy, the podcast. Today, we're continuing our conversation with former Teen Beat editor Ann Moses. She was the young lady who spent quite a bit of time on the set of The Partridge Family and got to know David pretty well over that time. She is also the author of the book Meow, My Groovy Life with Tiger Beat's Teen Idols. I highly recommend the book, and it is available on Amazon.com. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about David's, what seemed to be his inner sadness, even at the height of his fame, his relationship with family and members of the Partridge Family cast, and why it is we continue to be so fascinated with David Cassidy 50 years after the Partridge family went on the air. You know, people I talk to under 40 or 50 years old don't really know who David was other than reruns of the Partridge family, but they have no concept of the level of his fame and the hysteria that he brought out in his fans. For example, they've never heard that he was the highest paid concert performer of his time, that he set attendance records at stadiums, that he had the biggest fan club ever, bigger than the Beatles or Elvis, and that he was adored by fans around the world. Well, I sure know that there are fans around the world because our podcast is being listened to around the world. And I know this by looking at the podcast analytics, which shows all the different countries where our listeners are based. In fact, we're charting right now in the UK, which I'm so excited about. And I thank all of our British fans. Um, that And that was after only two episodes. So I know that that fascination and love of David Cassidy continues. So let's keep it going. Please share this podcast. Let your friends know. And Let's do it for David's legacy. I'd also like to invite you, if you haven't already, to like our Facebook page called My Life with David Cassidy. So join in the conversation there. Let me know what you think of each episode. And also, when you listen to the podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever platform you're listening on. Give us stars, rate us, and that way more people will know about the podcast and will go even higher on the charts. We can do it, okay? And we'd make David proud. So right now with that, we continue our conversation with Ann Moses. What did you see an underlying sadness to him through the years that you were with him, the early days? Or or did that come along later? No, I I would I would say that he was different than than the teen idols that I had previously had contact with. They all had Something going on the side. By that, I mean a wife or a girlfriend or a group of friends that they were close to or family. It, you know, and it was different with each of them, but they all had something 
outside the bubble. And David, even, you know, his first marriage, he, he, he didn't find what he needed. And, and I don't know what that secret was. Um, in my own mind, I, I feel like no one could ever break through to David because he was so controlled by his idolization of his father. And then to have your father, you know, here he is a worldwide sensation. And no matter how many millions of, of fans were cheering from him in the stands, you know, at every concert, the ratings for the TV show, the number of records he sold, all of those did not bring him the one, you know, the validation from the one person he craved, and that was his father. And I don't think he could be totally happy without that. And then when his father passed, it was like that option's not even on the table anymore. It, so it, it was it, unfinished it, business. And and it always stayed with him. It it was it, you know, it, it it's just tragic to me that that there was never anyone. You know, I thought it would happen with Sue and Bo. I thought they having his his own child, I really thought that would be the ticket. That would be the one thing that would allow him to forget, you know, his father and his treatment by his father and just let him focus on, you know, the people that truly loved him. And, and they did. And he still, he still could not make it work. It, it's, it's really a tragic story. And, and 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 so unfair. I mean, for him to have been driven to work so hard, and yet he he never got the reward, like in his heart. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, the thing was is that you know that there were just millions of of girls around the world um, who adored him and, and are and, and to this day still still do. Yeah. Um, but somehow, I don't think that made up for it. No, it, it, it didn't. I mean, because he had fixated so much on his father, you know, it, it, it's kind of unfortunate that he hadn't sought professional help early on and somebody could have gotten him straight about, look, you can't change your dad and you can't change that he only loves himself and he doesn't have anything left for anyone else. And and I don't know. I mean, he he needed a breakthrough and he never got it. Did did you um, ever witness any of the, their interactions? Um, did Jack come to the set? Did you no. they related with each other? No, but David David would tell me sometimes. You know, I I would ask him. I'll say, you know, did your dad think it was really cool that your record was number one, or or you know that you sold out in this city, or, and and he'd go, 
No, he just tells me that that only the teeny boppers like me, and that's not real. And 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 I I mean, I I don't know if I'd got a sh- shocked look on my face when he'd tell me these things, but it would be like, I'm so sorry, David. In my heart, that's what I'm thinking, because you know my parents were were always there for me, and both of them, and. And I couldn't conceive of what it would be like to, you know, when you when you haven't met the person you're going to be with, maybe the person you're going to marry in your early 20s or whatever. I mean, that's that's all you've got is your parents (laughs) and, you know, and your friends. And, And David had some some friends he could confide in. But that's just not the same. No. And and it just I mean. I I was just really shocked that anybody could could be that honest with their kid and especially when their feelings were like that. It's right. like, why don't you lie? This is terrible. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about um what one of the other relationships that people were very curious about. I mean, it's it's been um bandied about for decades now, which was his relationship with Susan Day. Mm-hmm. Were you aware that, uh, you know, she was carrying a torch for him? I I was not. And, um, and then they certainly didn't, you know, there was no PDA on the set. So it wasn't like, and I had been on some sets where some flings were going on. Let's put it that way. So you were aware and, and I, I I don't know if they were being smart or just, you know, wanted a little piece of privacy. I mean, she was underage, so she had her, her guardian there. And because her parents, of course, didn't come out to be her onset guardian. And so she was always around. And yet, you know, I mean, I've, I've read that there were some some private times. And then, you know, one of them denied it though. Was it Susan that denied that, that anything went on or was it David? Um, well, I think, I think they both have at various times oh, and, 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 until David wrote in his book that when the show ended, um, she wanted to go out to dinner with him and um, she told him at that point about her feelings and it put him in a very awkward situation because he he looked at her as a sister, not as a romantic partner. Oh, and I, yeah, I, I I had forgotten that part of the book. Yeah, I, I really had. Uh, and um, but no, they were but they acted like brother and sister on the set. <laughs> so I guess I guess that shouldn't surprise me. If that um, if if he never shared her her crush. So to, even to this day, there there are fans out there that will dissect everything out of a photograph, out of a a clip from the show, um, things that people have said. I mean, there there seems to be this fascination with not only David, but the entire Partridge family. And, and you know, here we are. This is 50 years later. Yes. Can, can you explain this? 
Um, well, I I totally understand the the fascination with David, and and the you know I never dreamed. Of course, I never had a clue that any of of these teen idols that I was hanging out with in this in the 60s and 70s that that they would have another shot at stardom so to speak that 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 there would be blogs and there would be podcasts and there would be Facebook pages and yes. Instagram and on and on and on it's like who thought there would be a second version of any of these groups or stars or it's like holy smokes and and then to find out that that all these fans had carried the torch all these years and now they have a, they have a chance to relive it and and go back i i think part of the reason that that these fans are so devoted is that typically the, the years you have a crush on a, a TV star or a singing star are your your younger years. And for most of us, that was a more a simpler time, um, a happier time. You know, life was not as complex in those days. And that seems so when I when I look back on it. You know that that um, you know, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have um, social media, uh, we, we didn't have uh, iPads and cell phones. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, no. you, you went to school, you came home, you, you you had dinner with your parents. Exactly. You watched a little TV and you went to bed, and that, and that was pretty much life. Right. Um, and and yeah, I th- I think. A lot of us uh, do crave those simpler times. Um, and, I, and I think that goes with the package, though. So now they want to read everything they can, see anything they might have missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know there are fans that, that just spend hours just searching out pictures they haven't seen, you know, from every source. And And why not? You know, if they get that same feeling they had, when they were 12 or 14 or 17, why not? I mean, that's that's awesome. But they they have to remember that all these teen idols had their foibles, you know, had their their rough times, you know, their lives were not just a picture book, and and so they have to realize that 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 there you know there are some things that aren't that pleasant to know about but that doesn't mean they weren't true mhm mhm i i think that's important to remember that um you know we we all have our um issues to deal with in life they just come in different forms and david had his just like any of us. Let, yes. let me ask you a little bit of a, a silly question. Mm-hmm. I have seen literally thousands upon thousands of photographs of David um, in the last couple of years since I've sort of rediscovered 
him. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I think there are many other fans like me out there who sort of lost track of him after the Partridge family went off the air. Mm-hmm. And as there was no internet or way to keep up with what he was doing, you know, I was totally unaware that he was on Broadway, totally unaware that he was in Vegas. You know, I me had... Too. I had my own career, I had my own family, and I was busy with things. And um, then all of a sudden, the next thing I know, he's been arrested for a DUI, and and I and I'm looking at pictures of him, and I thought, oh my God, what happened to him? And it's like, how could a guy that was that beautiful become like that? And then I think that the other thing that hit me was he got old, you know, I mean, (laughs) this guy that I remember at the height of his youth and beauty, and now he looks old and aged. And I thought, is that me? I mean, (laughs) if that many years have gone by, then I must have aged as well. And so I think there, you know, um, there's a lot of fans that were really quite shocked. And this was sort of like a wake up call to us that, um, life, life has a lot of years have passed and we're closing in on our golden years. Um, and we want to, uh, take a, a last grasp of, of, um, the good old days but anyway, back to the point, <laughs> you know, during this, this period of rediscovery, I've looked at thousands upon thousands of photographs. I think that he must have been the most photographed man in the history of the world. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Did, did he ever have a bad hair day? I mean, did he ever did he ever have a bad day? Well, he really struggled with with acne during during the Partridge family. And I don't know if it was, um, I was going to say, I don't know if it was his diet. Uh, I, I for sure know it was his stress level and the schedule they kept him on. I don't think anybody could have a, a, a healthy complexion, but I mean, he, uh, you know, so often we do a photo shoot and I mean, he would have the makeup piled on so thick and still you could see the bumps and we we didn't do retouching. I mean, it would have have to been it would have have had to have been manual, you know, because there was no there was no Photoshop to That's say right. the least. And I mean, and people that that um, worked on on photographs to improve them, um, you know, it was really, really expensive. So we didn't do that. We we just shot them as they were. And you, you can see some of the blemishes. And, and I mean, I felt badly for him because it, it just showed he was still just a teenage guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that was, that was, um, the hair usually wasn't a problem. He, he had really good hair, huh? He had, he had good <laughs> hair. Yes. You know, that's another question that I know a lot of fans have had um he really made that shag hairstyle um quite the fashion statement for much of the 70s um do do you know who cut his hair or how how that hairstyle came about 
You know, I don't. Um, I remember with the monkeys, we 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 went one time with Davey and 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 went to his hairdresser, and then I picked up everything off the floor, and then we gave it away as prizes. And uh, but that didn't happen with David. I think I, you know, I was in a different place, and I was spending more time. You know, I was given more responsibility, so I was you know, responsible for assigning every story, putting the lineup, planning where everything would go on the pages and and more the the internal workings of the magazine than the the external, you know, gathering the goodies. And and so I never went, you know, to have a haircut or, <laughs> or anything like that. And I don't know who gets credit for it, but I know my hair was like that in yeah. probably 77 or 78. Because <laughs> whoever did cut his hair um, must have known that they had, you know, set off a, probably an international trend. Oh, they sure did. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm saying that's what happened. I don't I don't know who was responsible. Whether it was it was how it was cut for the show, and then he just went with that, or if he had somebody else doing it. I that that's a that's a great question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so in in sort of looking back now now that we're in the twenty uh, teens, almost into the twenty twenties. Um, and, and looking back at what the teen idol experience was for David Cassidy, um, first of all, is there anybody today that comes close to David's popularity? I, I, I mean, the, the best that I can come up with is Justin Bieber, and it's just not the same. What um, do you think about that? Well, I, I, I would think because of uh, you know the the access to the stars now. In other words, you can you can look at their morning tweet. You can you know everything is instant. Um, I I I really don't know if Justin Bieber has sold more records or had bigger concerts. Uh, I, I think the main difference is that that you know he's a very 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 wealthy man and. That's where it it just fell apart for David. It's like all the success, what did it bring him? And it, it just doesn't seem fair because even though, you know, nothing, I don't think anything would have ever changed how his father treated him because Jack just wasn't capable. But would it have been different when the Partridge family ended if David could have pr- produced his own own show? whatever it was, a drama show, a, a Broadway show. I mean, it's, it's like, that's what, that's what the, the teen idols of today are turning their lives into. They're turning it into, okay, life after the teen idol. Now I'm going to act, or now I'm going to be a writer or a producer or, and, and I think originally David had those desires. He wanted to be a a really um, serious actor, and he should have had the resources to pick whatever would have made him happy, and mm. he didn't. So I think he spent a lot of time 
just stumbling along, not knowing what would bring him happiness or satisfaction or, or, you know, really being proud of what he had accomplished because he accomplished a great deal, but it was for everybody else. It was for Mattel and whatever the record label was. And, and it's just, um, you know, it's, you, you thought that ended when they, when they realized that they had to pay child actors a decent wage and they had to protect their, their money until they became of age. But with David, everything just got eaten up and, and, you know, he didn't have a chance to, to try and reshape his life. Um, so, I mean, do would you say that in some ways, at least that David, um, he so he was the first one, you know, um, he threw, threw himself on the fire, so to speak, so that others who followed um, could maybe learn from his mistakes in terms of how to manage your career, how to manage the business aspect of your career. Um, would, would you say that the, the young stars today have have benefited from that? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, his is his is a cautionary tale. It's like, you know, unless you do something different, you're going to end up the same way. And I mean, that I think that's why all the artists today, I mean, they go into it knowing that it kind of takes a village to see them through, whether it's, you know, women going up against powerful men like like Weinstein, um, uh, it's it, it's just they are more prepared today, and I I think it's through the lessons that were taught by David's example. Yeah, it's so, like, so- gee, I'd like to have that many fans, and I'd like to play my music all over the world, but I don't want to end up that way. Yeah, and and hopefully David is gonna be remembered for something more positive than um, the the uh, ill fortune that befell him in in terms of how his business affairs were handled. So what I mean, what what would you say he has given us? What what is he going to be remembered for most? Um, I I would say it's that the joy that he brought to so many and, 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 you know, we know now it isn't, it just isn't little girls that fell in love with David. I mean, he had fans of, of, you know, I'm sure across the board, you know, certainly men and, you know, men and boys. And I mean, it was his, his love was so broad in, in even in his later years, his concerts were filled with multiple generations. Exactly. I mean, there, there, there were women of his generation, but even their daughters and granddaughters yep. that w- would love to see him. I mean, I can tell you for, for what it's worth that, that my audience on um, the Facebook podcast mm-hmm. page, David Cassidy podcast, um, or it's, I, my life with David Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it's um, 96% female, 4% male, and they're from all over the world. Oh, that's that's the thing that, about David. He yeah. he, he really. Uh, I, I think they learned some lessons from the monkeys because the monkeys were shown in other countries. But I think by the time that Partridge Family came around, they really had it together in, okay, we're going to package this up and it's going to go everywhere. So I don't know how many countries it reached, but it it that's it. He had fans around the world and he does have fans around the world. It's it, They just... You know, I, I think it comes from what it meant to them at the time. And and I mean, maybe it's the, those first feelings of, oh, gee, I'd sure like a boy like that to kiss me <laughs> or what, it, you know, that whole coming of age thing. It, it, it gets tied together with that first crush. And I think it sticks with you forever. I mean, for me, it was James Darren, who was Moondoggy and Gidget. Um, and but to this day, he has a special place. Yeah. And 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 what I've seen him a dozen times in Gidget because it keeps being shown on TV. But I never got to go see him in person. I never got to to. Buy, well, I suppose I could have bought one of his records. He made a few. It, it's just it's like they. They fulfilled all those needs. When you when you have a crush on somebody, you know, male or female, whatever the thing is, you you want to know everything. You want to know every, you know, they they become like your book boyfriend or your record boyfriend or, you know, your magazine boyfriend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, um, and and it's such the worldwide attention. And the thing is. It, it does no harm. That's the thing about this. It's not like, you know, becoming addicted to cigarettes or, or you know, some other. Right. There, there's, there's no fetish. harmful in it. Exactly. It, it, it's all wholesome, as wholesome as they made David out to be. And his, his whole life wasn't wholesome. But so what? Whose is? <laughs> That's that's right, right. So um, we we've we've got to we've got to sign off in a minute. But I I just wondered if you have a memory that you could share with us um, that associated with David or the Partridge family that always makes you smile when you think about it. Well, this is a story I've told before, but it totally fills that that part of it. Okay. Um, when I, I was over at his house that he was renting with Sam Hyman and he had told, or, or maybe we were out on the set, but he had told me that his dog had had puppies and, and he, he explained that he didn't know what he was going to do with them. And, you know, obviously it hit me that, well, you can't put an ad in the paper that says, you know, Come get one of my puppies free, David Cassidy. You know, here's my phone number. Yeah. And so, um, and so I said, what, you know, and, and he was so concerned because he goes, how can I leave the puppies at home? You know, when, when I'm going out on tours every weekend. 
And so I said, well, what if my mom took care of them? We have a backyard down in Anaheim. What if she took care of them? And, and when they're old enough, then, then we, will, we will give them to winners of a contest. And he said, oh, I would love that. And, and so he just, it was like, it was like the answer to a prayer. And then when I took the puppies and I drove into my mom's house, then he came down, you know, shortly before they were going to leave. And he hadn't seen him for like two months. And he came down to my mom's house. He gave my mom a kiss on the cheek and a hug. He <laughs> thanked her for taking care of his puppies. Then he just went in the backyard and he loved on every one of them. Aww. And it was it was so unstar-like. It was I felt like I was getting to see the real David that was inside. He loved those little puppies. He he wanted to be able to take care of them himself. But, you know, under the circumstances, he was so happy that they were going to these families. And I know when I wrote a blog piece about this, I got, oh, I got a few little comments back and I was like how could you put those dogs in a cage and put them on a plane <laughs> well you know every one of them reached the destination and he he honestly we whittled down the the contest but we said David's going to choose the winners and we whittled it down to you know a small you know maybe 50 out of all the entrants that we got, because they were supposed to say what name they would give the dog. And it was so precious. And he picked out the final winners. And, and you know, one was named Pepper because he was, he was black. And one was named Tiger because of Tiger Beater. You know, I can't remember all the details. I, I should r run that again with the winners yeah. but, and, and all the, the kids that entered, you know, they had to have this, the slip signed by their parents that they could accept this. And I'm telling you, and then we did the follow-up. We showed the pictures of the winners with their, with the puppies. And I'm telling you, when I took that magazine out to the set and showed David, he, you know, he, he got right back into the real mode. Not that he would, would be on for me if you know what I mean by that where yeah. where he's exuding this persona but you could really see through to the real David and and you know I understood at the time that's who's really inside not this you know not this pop star you know TV actor it's it's just this caring young man and 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 I I I felt privileged to get to see that side of him and and those those true feelings coming out and and I think that makes me it's like it's like I I'm more hurt inside when I think about the rough times that he had because it's like oh did those those were were they the result of all that was put on that kid's shoulders in his late teens and and did that cause him to you know need to drink to 
I, I don't know, but it's because I got I, I had that that window into the real David and and what a just a kind and nice person he was. And um, I wish we could have seen more of that side. Well, I think we all knew it was there. And, and I, I'm really so grateful that you shared that story. Um, I, I from the pictures that I've seen, um, he always did seem really happy um, around animals, whether they be dogs yes. or horses. He yes. seems to really be in his natural element around animals. Um, and, um, well, he did. He gave, he gave a lot of joy to a lot of people for a lot of years, um, and he sacrificed um, quite a bit. Yes, um, he did. He did. And, you know, he continues to bring that joy today. The fact that the Partridge family, you know, it was on my TV earlier today, uh, you know, not that I watched it, but, but uh, it, it, it's, you know, there's there's no end to it. He he, you know, I, I hope he's looking down and aware that he continues to make people happy. Yeah. You know, maybe that brought some peace I hope so. In the I, end. I think we all I think we all hope that. Um, well, I did I did want to let fans know that um, you you have put out a book um, that details more of your experiences. Tell me about the book. It's called Meow, My Groovy Life with Tiger Beats Teen Idols. Cool. And it's available on Amazon or uh autographed copies from my website which is annmoses.com and um, you can stop by and see me I do lots of nostalgia posts on my Facebook page which is facebook forward slash annmoses and uh, we do a lot of reminiscing on my page you know so there will be repeats of interviews with David and many of the other teen idols and and just different you know just kind of rerunning the old things but things that that some of today's fans never got to see so you know they might want to read you know his life story by his mom um and and just see what was being written at the time I, I i think it gives them a little more insight well that's great and thank you so much um you, you have offered a glimpse into david's life um at one of the most exciting times um, and what a life you have led with the experiences <laughs> that you have had and being such a witness to um, pop culture history. It was uh, gro groovy indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said. Well, <laughs> Anne Moses, thank you so much for joining us on um, My Life with David Cassidy. And until next time, um, what would David say? He, he would say happy trails. Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye now. Well, that wraps up our interview with the lovely Ann Moses. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And don't forget, join us on our Facebook page and let us know what you thought of this episode. And be sure to rate this podcast wherever you're listening. Coming up in episode four, 
David's autobiography ghostwriter Chip Defaw, the keeper of David's most intimate life stories. That's coming up next time on My Life with David Cassidy.